0: The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As we constantly move forward, there's a continuing and urgent need for higher education it's necessary for tomorrow's future and for a dynamically changing workforce. As the need for education is changing, so is education itself. Welcome to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education with your host, Dave Goldberg. In this program, we'll discuss the complex changes that are being made to higher education today and we'll help you stay ahead of tomorrow if you're a student, educator, or in the workforce. Now, here's Dave Goldberg.
1: Good day, and welcome to Big Beacon Radio, Transforming Higher Education. My name is Emma Schoenfellner, and since Dave is out of town today, I will be your show host. Uh, Big Beacon is a movement to transform higher education, and you can learn more by checking out bigbeacon.org. In every episode, we explore some of the innovators and innovations that are changing the world of higher education all around us. You can also follow live tweeting of the show at hashtag BigBeaconRadio. Today, we are joined by Bob LaBombard. CEO of the career matchmaking company, Grad Staff. Welcome to the show, Bob.
2: Yeah, thanks. I'm uh, thrilled to be here.
1: It's great to have you here. Uh, so as a, as a recent grad myself, I'm really interested in hearing what you have to say about today's job market and what students can do to better prepare themselves. So let's get started. Uh, so our listeners can learn more about you on the program page, but since we'll be speaking a lot about careers today, I'm curious what early experiences in your life led you to this point in your own career.
2: Yeah, it's been a circuitous route, to say the least, but um, yeah, I went to Williams College, which is a small liberal arts college in Massachusetts, and actually uh, was a chemistry major. And actually my background is very consistent with a, a lot of the things we're seeing uh, with today's grads as well. But uh, even though I was a chemistry major, and I love my major, but I, uh, in terms of pursuing a career, uh, I never stepped foot in a laboratory after graduation and, and chose the business route. And uh, and I chose a route that was more consistent with with what I really like to do. And you know, I'm, I've always been an athlete in my life and uh, played a lot of sports and very competitive. And after, again, going through college, I felt like a business career was going to be a better better fit for me. And so after graduating from Williams, I went uh it was back in the day when you could go straight through it a business school. I went to the J.L. Kellogg Graduate School of Management Northwestern, got my um, – uh, MBA there, and then uh, proceeded on a business career that uh, started out in the chemical industry uh, in a marketing position, uh, but uh, progressed from there through uh, the environmental services industry and then into the staffing world. So uh, that's a brief summary, and you know, I'd be happy to talk more about uh, any of those experiences if you'd like.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I think it's very interesting that, you know, you're saying that a lot of today's grads and, you know, majors don't necessarily matter as much and it's kind of the, the path that you follow. So we'll, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, but first off, um, on this program, we're interested in unleashing experiences. So what, you know, any experiences, personal influences, inspirational people in your life allowed you to kind of go your own way?
2: Yes, uh, I, when I uh, started my career, I worked for uh, you know a fairly large chemical, a Fortune five hundred chemical company at that time called Nalco Chemical uh, Company, and I was in a, a marketing related position. Uh, ultimately, I moved into more of a, a strategic planning and acquisitions, uh, position, and they ended up uh, buying a company in Minnesota where I'm now uh, living. And so I moved up here to help the transition of that company to the larger organization. And, uh, and I had the great fortune of dealing with two entrepreneurs at the time that had started the, uh, the company we acquired. And I got a, a chance to know them, uh, you know, quite well over the years and, and, and it was really inspired by, uh, the, the challenge of starting your own business and getting it to the point where it was attractive enough to be acquired by by another firm, and so that's kind of where I got the bug, and then proceeded from there to work for a, um, uh, a startup company that I you know, helped grow as the head of sales and marketing, from uh, about two million in sales to about forty five million in sales from um, uh, eighty six to ninety three. And then I jumped off from there and uh, started my own uh, staffing business that focused on, uh, you know, placing professionals in the environmental services industry involved with environmental cleanups and, uh, and, and site investigation. So it's a very, very specialized market, but right. <laughs> uh, it was the right idea at the right time. So anyway...
1: So, so when did you ahead. um so that so that company with placement that was for just like not specifically new grads is that kind of how that shifted or
2: Right uh, yeah the the firm that I helped uh uh grow um uh, from 2 million to 45 million was in, was in the environmental services area and because a lot of the work a lot of the environmental work back then was done outdoors in 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 terms of, of investigating and cleaning up hazardous waste sites The the business was very seasonal, and so staffing Mm -hmm. those those projects was always a challenge. Um, And so we, what I did was uh, take the contacts that I had in the industry, and sold to the same contacts that I had, but uh, but was selling them a different service that was focused on identifying the professionals that were needed to staff those uh, those projects. And so I started in 93 and built it to about a $15 million business uh, within about three years. and uh, oh, great. Kind of, kind, of, kind of the right idea at the right time. Yeah. Uh, because the companies in that segment really had a hard time finding people that were available when the projects were, uh, were beginning.
1: Got it. So uh, you've been the CEO of Gradstaff since 2002. Uh, so can you describe to our listeners what Gradstaff is and what drew you to that company in particular?
2: Right. So after I started that uh, that firm I just described, I ended up selling it in the late '90s. And and uh, one of my um, uh, one of the investors in my first firm uh, was David Warhouser, who was a f- the founder of Gradstaff in 1998. And so uh, he and his current partner at that time had a difference of opinion on how to take the company forward. So I bought into the firm and took over as CEO in 2002. Uh, at that time it was very small and um and it, although it had uh you know a great way of placing candidates it, it really didn't uh, know a lot about um, where it fit in the marketplace and and um and why you know hiring companies would use us to fill their entry level positions and so so but we went on a journey and ultimately uh, about 2000 Seven 2008 time frame, we, we developed the outsourced college recruiting concept, uh, which means that for hiring companies that, that aren't able to or don't want to um, uh, recruit on college campuses, we, we would do that for them. And what we have done over the years is built one integrated college recruiting program on behalf of all of our uh, client hiring companies, and so we do the college recruiting for them and the evaluation of the candidates to present them candidates that would be a fit for their entry-level positions. Uh, at the same time, we're, we're providing a very valuable service to the entry-level candidate, and we're helping them uh, figure out where they fit in the, in the workforce. So at the end of the day, as you mentioned at the very beginning, we're a career matchmaker. We're, we're matching new grads coming out of school with some very strong skills, but we're matching them in positions that are fully really focused on the skills that they they possess as individuals.
1: Wow, sounds great. So, question, so your work with grad staff requires you to have your finger on the pulse of today's job market. So, mm-hmm. what does the 2016 job market look like for new grads?
2: Well, it's uh, it's It'll be the best market since uh, the Great Recession back in 2007, 2008. Every year it's gotten progressively a little bit better. But having said that, though, still uh, in 2016, uh, more than 70% of graduating seniors will leave campus without a job. And so while the market is is better... um, uh, who is hiring and how they're hiring is a lot different than it was certainly back you know 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and and so the market the entry level job market has has gotten uh, to be very inefficient, and uh, and job seekers and and the hiring companies have difficulty finding each other, and so there's a lot of room now for innovation to to basically bring the parties together. We've developed a model that you know is is um, you know, providing. Uh, you know some expertise in this area, and that 's why we're having such such strong success right now
1: so why is the hiring market so inefficient for job seekers and employers
2: yeah so on on one hand uh, you have uh, college grads coming out of college with a you know a degree obviously typically liberal arts but it could be business could be you know stem major science technology engineering, and math uh, but they while they're bright and motivated they oftentimes don't know where they're uh, where their skills and education fit in the workforce, which means they don't know what jobs to apply for.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This is especially you know true for the you know English, uh, history, psychology, political science type type majors, but it can also apply to a STEM major as well. That uh, again, you know, there's no direct you know, career path for for many majors, and so so you basically have a an uh, a, an uh, ill informed uh, you know job seeker. On the other side mm-hmm. of the coin, uh, you know, more than seventy-five percent of the jobs created in the economy are created by employers of five hundred employees or less. They and and very uh, simply, those companies don't hire in the volume necessary to justify a college recruiting program. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, if they're not interviewing on campus, then how do they how do they how do they identify? Uh, you know. Uh, candidates for their entry level positions, and so it's it's a very inefficient market, and um, and you know basically the job seeker and the hiring company have very have a lot of difficulty finding each other.
1: Right. So, uh, what industries are seeing the most entry level hiring growth now? Then.
2: So yeah, I, I throw uh, very simply um, a look at the market really in two segments, and in, in one segment you have the. Uh, the end, uh, the industries that have been around for a while, they have an older uh, workforce, and they're being uh, really impacted now by uh, the uh, the loss of baby boomers to retirement. So uh, so mm-hmm. industries like insurance, financial services, healthcare, uh, logistics, commercial real estate, and so forth uh, are are really being impacted by this. Now the you now the key thing that goes along with boomers retiring is that the the, uh, the Gen X group, the people that are 33 to about 50, that group mm-hmm. is a very small uh, generation, and there aren't enough of those the people in that uh, demographic group to replace the boomers. So, therefore, companies have to hire more at the entry level to to find the talent they're going to need moving forward. And so, um, but many companies there have been a little bit slow to the... Uh, getting going on this, and so there's uh, a lot of these companies are really very interested now in hiring that 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 new college grad and and that 's a big part of our uh, of our client base on the other side of the coin. The other major area are, are technology driven companies and what 's really booming right now uh, obviously is software application so mm-hmm. companies have have done a lot to develop different types of software. Uh, in in a lot of different applications, and now they need very bright people to to uh, help with the application of that software in terms of teaching uh, their clients how to use the software, how to install it, use it, uh, mm-hmm. deal with uh, problems that might occur with the software, and so forth. And so so they don't need so these companies don't need people with computer science degrees; they just need people that are tech savvy that are very comfortable using you know software applications. Right, basically all all
1: millennials, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, no question about that.
1: So since, you know, Greztep has been around for a while, how has kind of its mission and how it approaches, you know, working with students and and working with companies, how has that changed with technology and with different, the kind of different generation and our different paradigm in a way, you know?
2: Right. How has Uh, that work changed? So there's a lot of different uh, things that have changed over the years. I mean, when I... (laughs) I, I laugh when I say this, but uh when I took over uh s c o grad staff in two thousand and two we were still placing uh job ads in in the newspaper, so you know we're not doing doing that that anymore <laughs> <laughs> but uh um but yeah from a job search standpoint um a, a lot has changed and so uh and so just on and the from the standpoint of job postings um uh, you know it's gone from monster and career builder which are still somewhat active but now you have a lot of uh, innovation there we have aggregators that are making it more efficient for the job seeker by aggregating jobs from many many employers on, onto one site so that's had a big impact on on how people search for jobs um uh, in addition social media obviously has had a big impact and linkedin in particular from the standpoint of finding professional positions you know that that does a very effective job at bringing parties together and, and uniting basically on online uh, right. or on a mobile device, for that matter. matter.
1: Right, because <laughs> I, you know, being a, a millennial and I and I, in that job-seeking age range, um, you know, I've read a million articles about people theorizing things about millennials compared to other generations. So I'm curious, like, what is the feedback that you've heard from? employers that lead you to believe, you know, what are, what are the kind of differences that are noticeable in terms of the actual job seekers?
2: Um, in terms of the job search itself? Uh,
1: so, so, like, the, you know, they say, you know, millennials, every generation, they kind of, um, there's always a million ideas about, okay, this generation, these are kind of their... Um, tenants of how they approach life and things so how has how do you notice that changing does that affect the jobs that people are seeking it's more a question about the, the kind of personality of the generation and the personality of the, uh, the job seekers right? and how that affects the finding of jobs
2: yeah I think that the if I can identify uh, one thing where I think uh, new college grads are not keeping up the speed is is you know where they fit in the workforce? Uh, I think my generation. I'm a baby boomer. I graduated college in 19 you know 78. I think we were much more aware of some, a lot of the opportunities that were out there for whatever reason. And I think I think, um, think students these days are a lot less aware of uh, you know the, the various career opportunities that are out, that are out there. And I, I think one of the things that we we look at in terms of what colleges can can do better is that I think colleges do a decent job of of working with a, the students to identify you know, major and help them identify skills and so forth and and competencies. But I, I don't think most colleges really have a a uh, an in depth knowledge of the job market. And I think most colleges tend to to be helpful in terms of People pursuing a graduate degree, but they're not very effective at providing valuable information about where the jobs are and what you can do with a psychology degree, what you can do with a history degree, and so forth.
1: I would completely agree with that as <laughs> as being a, a recent grad. I mean, I have a, a background in uh, television writing producing is my major, my degree. So you know, I I can s- I know what the skills from that major has has brought me, but um, I think that. Definitely, colleges are like, "Oh, here's what you do to get a job in this specific thing that you majored in. Maybe, maybe that'll mm-hmm. work." <laughs> but right. um, they they forget to talk about, you know, here are all the different skills that you actually have picked up in your education and, and yeah. what you can
2: can yeah. do with those. I, I, absolutely, and that that you know that plays right into our one of the themes that we uh, really promoted last year, and that's that your major does not define you. Right, and uh, and so the advice we give candidates. Uh, job seekers is uh, to not focus on your education, although it's important, but focus on the transferable skills that you bring to the table that uh, employers value. And so, by transferable skill, that means things like critical thinking skills, time management, effective communication, uh, interpersonal, you know, re, uh, rela- managing interpersonal relationships, and so forth. Those are the those those are the skills that will and they're called transferable skills. Skills these skills go with you throughout your career, uh, career regardless of what job you have, and it's those right. skills that determine your long term success.
1: Well, let's hold that thought because we're going to have to take a quick break. Okay. Uh, but we'll be back with special guest Bob LaBombard in a moment to discuss what students can do to better prepare the, themselves for the workforce and also what colleges can do to help their students.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom? Are you looking for a keynote speaker to inspire your organization with stories of transformative change? Would you like to boost your own academic, business, or technical career? Let David E. Goldberg of Three Joy Associates help. David is a leading speaker, author, trainer, and leadership coach with experience in helping bring successful change to educational organizations and education and technical careers around the globe. To learn more, call Dave Goldberg at 217-621-2645, contact him at deg at 3joy.com, or browse the 3Joy website, www.3joy.com today. Always talking business, talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Big Beacon Radio. If you'd like to call into the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to deg at bigbeacon.org. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back to McBeacon Radio. We urge you to get a copy of the book that is Transforming Higher Education, A Whole New Engineer, The Coming Revolution in Engineering Education. Grab a copy at wholenewengineer.org. Before the break, we are speaking with our guest, Bob LaBombard, about today's job market for grads. So let's continue talking about today's grads in particular. Uh, We were just speaking about grads um, having transferable skills, and kind of let's explore what that really means. So, Bob, uh, anything about... How to apply transferable skills?
2: For sure, students. yeah, you bet. Uh, and I think that the uh, a, a lot of candidates, really, uh, or uh, graduating seniors, oftentimes don't know what skills they have. Uh, but I think most do have a pretty good feel for that. But they don't know how to identify them or 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 use them to create a value proposition that an employer might, might find attractive. And so what we ask uh, students to do as they interview with us is to think back to all the activities and, and things they've done in the past, from high school through college in terms of the coursework and the courses they've taken, the extracurricular activities they've participated in, uh, the part-time or, or summer jobs they've had, uh, the experiences they've had in Greek life, especially in a leadership position uh, in a fraternity or sorority, and, and so forth and so on. And as they consider all those experiences, uh, I think most will have been complimented or praised along the way for certain things that they've done or excelled in in all those different experiences. And so, as you, as you think about all the things that uh, you know, we have received positive feedback you know those are well, probably things that really define you as a person in terms of what people like about you and dealing with you and 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 working with you on projects and so forth and and I I think if you really uh do that net uh, self analysis so you'll come up with four five six or more uh traits that really you know define you as an individual and so it's it's those things and then, and, then, and then, you know, talking about real-life examples where you've applied those skills, that can be really compelling to an employer. And then you'd need to obviously transfer that to a resume and have those skills jump out based on the experiences that you've had.
1: Mm-hmm. So I always found that to be kind of the challenge of writing a resume where it's like I've, I've, made, I've put together resumes where it's like, oh, here's my skills section that's, you know, describing those type of, those type of things. Um, but I think a lot of people get bogged down by the idea of, of filling up this resume with, you know, work experience and all these different things. So um, it's always come up in my own job search about, you know, I've applied for jobs and it says things like, um, you know, requires two years of experience but internships don't count and all these crazy lines that you read. So so how can new grads apply for jobs that require work experience using those transferable skills if they don't have much, like – classic work experience?
2: So that, so that's you know, really a good question, and and I think that uh, the first point I'd like to make here is that although most uh, job postings that you see uh, will state a preference for work experience, I think almost all employers are open to considering an entry-level candidate and that there may be positions that aren't posted uh but, there are, you know, uh, but they do have entry-level positions open, and so don't let the, the stated preference for job or for work experience uh, uh, deter you from applying you know, to a specific position. But what's most important, I think, for for uh, graduating seniors and new grads to look at it, as they look at job postings is is to not look at the, the job duties necessarily, although you know obviously that should be considered. But what's what's really important trying to figure out where you fit, is to look at the skill sets required for success in that position. And if your transferable skills that you've identified as strengths seem to match what's required for success in that position, that may be a position that you want to you know, pursue in some way. And, uh, and because you know, using this methodology, you know, again, just taking psychology we love psychology majors, and we think it's a fantastic major, but we've placed you know, psychology majors in, in anything, anything from a sales position to a member advocate in a health plan all the way to a financial analyst and, and probably you know four dozen other types of positions. So it's not, your again, your major that defines you. It's your skills and, and what that says about where you fit in, in, a, in, in a specific career path.
1: So then if, you know, college majors aren't maybe as necessary for job seeking and what that major is. So what, what uh, would you suggest for even students in the beginning of their schooling career and how they should decide choosing their own majors? Like, should they then not be thinking like, oh, I'm going to choose this because it just equals job? You know what I mean? So what is your, what is your opinion on that?
2: so that 's a very good point, and so the, the the main advice we have out of this uh, this effort we, we did about your major does not define you is that you should major in something you 're passionate about, not specifically because a lot of the narrative out there right now says that you should pick a major based on having a specific job after graduation okay but if you look at stem majors again the science technology engineering, and math majors, you know it, i mean it 's commonly thought that those majors will have a clear career track after graduation. Now, those are great majors, and you should major in it if you really like it. But here's an interesting statistic. Fifty percent of STEM majors do not pursue a career in what in a field that's consistent with their major. I'm a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. I was a chemistry major, but I never stepped, stepped foot in a laboratory and pursued a business right. career. Okay. And so that's why, you know, selecting a major on a, or accounting, you know, how many people have tried to major in accounting because they were told that, you know, everyone needs an accountant, but they, they start taking that that curriculum, and one of two things happens, or one of three things, either they like it and it works out, but I think oh, at least half the time the person doesn't have the skills to succeed in accounting or they hate
1: it. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> a lot of them go in to their parents say, oh, you know, You've got to get a job, <laughs> get that accounting degree, right. but you end up with unhappy, for, unhappy students.
2: <laughs> yeah, so you're much better off majoring in something that you're really passionate about because if you're really good, again, because your major does not define you, if you're really good at it, you'll have fun at that major. You'll learn a lot about yourself, uh, and you'll develop skills that can be applied later on no matter what you do.
1: Right. I mean I went to um I'm a graduate of Columbia College Chicago which is an arts and media school in downtown Chicago and so the sure. uh the uh motto for Columbia is live what you love and that basically that whole idea of you know pick a major that you love you know we, the whole thing is like you know if you love what you do you won't work a day in your life kind of line um so I definitely agree with that with that kind of um methodology so it's it's nice to hear a company that also you know Appreciates that and, and encourages that in people.
2: Absolutely. So, and you also asked the question about how can a college student, as they go through their career at college, you know, figure this out? Yeah. And so, and so uh, once you declare a major, I think one of the obvious things you can do, so say psychology or history or whatever, is I, I would do some research on looking at lo- alumni that have graduated in the past 10 years, and I would reach out to them. And say listen I, I you know share an interest in psychology i 've declared it as a major uh, i 'd love to set up an intervi- inter- i'm sorry informational interview with you to to learn more from you about uh, why you chose the career track that you have
0: mm. and
2: so you know you sit down for a half hour forty five minutes and have that conversation and so you you become educated uh, on that on that specific career track, why the person chose it, why it was a fit for them. And then you can see what you think about how that might fit you moving forward. But, you know, do that multiple times over with, you know, several other people that have majored in. And I think through that process, over two- to three-year period, you'll have a really good knowledge of some of the potential opportunities that are out there.
1: Yeah, I think that most people don't even, or most students don't even think about really searching for a job until it's kind of too late, mm-hmm. that last kind of freak-out senior moment when you're like, oh, God, I have to do something now. What am I going to do? So I think the idea of, um, you know, becoming informed about your major and, and people that have gone before you is very helpful for people at any stage of their educational career.
2: Uh, and I think it's fun too, and, and again, yeah. it could be, and you can do this through, you know, looking at the alumni directory the school might have online, but you can do it through LinkedIn, and there's a lot of different, you know, ways that make this very, very efficient, and I know as, uh, you know, somebody that's worked a lot with, uh, millennials and, and, and so forth, that most, most, uh, alumni of a college will bend over backwards to help a current student, uh, you know, in, in their, yeah, uh, career discernment process. You know, there's no question about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So, should and as far as actually applying and like actively looking for a job, um, mm-hmm. do you recommend that you know seniors should start doing that while they're still in school, or how open are companies to hiring students kind of in advance?
2: Well, I think that one of the things that's really changed on on um, in terms of on campus college recruiting is that there's not. Much or as much uh, um, uh, on campus, face-to-face rec- uh, interviewing going on uh, as there was when I, I when I came out of school in the late seventies. Uh, back then, you know, companies would come on campus, they'd set up a, a slate of interviews over a day or two, and 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 do that. But uh, and while you still see some of that, especially with the larger companies, it, it's becoming less and less. And so, on-campus college recruiting now is much more targeted because uh, because of Skype and so forth you can you can do the the video interviews uh, uh, recruiters can do those uh, on a on a one to one basis and they're typically you know looking at resumes that the career services department might might provide ahead of time they're narrowing down the field ahead of time and 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 using technology to be much more efficient so they don't have to go on campus because on campus college recruiting is you know is expensive mm-hmm. and and so um uh, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, uh, fewer can, fewer graduating seniors have a job and they graduate because recruiters now are smarter and they, they're very focused and targeted and who they're going after on, on the college campus.
1: I'm also curious um, kind of about the, the internship whole thing that's going on all the time where, you know, there's a lot of unpaid internships as the kind of gatekeeper to a job. So what have... What has kind of been your? What are your thoughts about that? I guess because I, I know that it's very infuriating for a lot of, you know, recent grads where you, everything that you're applying to often are internships. Um, I know that I, I've found that going into the entertainment industry, it's a lot of unpaid internships. Um, so how do you kind of navigate past that, or how do you recommend that students even navigate past that?
2: Yeah, internships is a really interesting area, and um, you know, with, with our company, we're focusing on. On uh, onboarding um, uh, approach for a candidate to move into a full time position a- after after they graduate. So we're primarily interested in, in in the student after they graduate or right before they mm-hmm. graduate, say in you know uh, March, April, May. You know mm-hmm. uh, now for the undergrad, getting an internship is is important. You know, the more internships you have, the better. But internships are hard to get. And many of them are unpaid. I don't particularly agree agree with unpaid incentives. Right. I think that's I think that's unfair. But where you see that happening is in areas where there's high demand for the internship, and and uh, and a limited amount of internships available. So it's a you know it's a supply demand kind of a thing. And so if there's a high demand for an internship, the employer uh, you know can. You know, Choose to pay less or or not at all so we'll get the candidate to do it. Again, I don't think that's perfectly fair, and I think if the if the company, my rule of thumb with the company is that they ought to pay the internship uh, if they would pay somebody to do that work if mm-hmm. the internship wasn't there.
1: So that's right. kind of
2: my my rule of thumb.
1: I completely but anyway, agree.
2: So, um, but I, but I, internships are are hard to find. Um, and because they're primarily dominated by the larger companies, and so there's a lot of competition for those. There definitely aren't enough internships to go around but 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 although internships are important, you know I think the most important thing is that students should work during the summer mm-hmm. um or even during school if they if they want to work their way through school but but summer jobs whether whether it's you know uh, in a serving position in a restaurant or retail sales or whatever it is. That's some of the best experience that a person can get. You know, restaurant serving, we love people that have have, dealt, have worked in that type of position because they've had the opportunity to, you know, serve a customer, keep them happy, and maybe have had a difficult or unhappy customer from time to time they've had to deal with. They've had to upsell, I mean, the larger the ticket, you know the uh, the more tip they get. You know, so, mm-hmm. so good servers figure that out. They have to deal with the the cook staff to make sure the orders are are, are you know uh, prepared properly and so forth. And so there's a lot of great skills in that in that uh, serving experience that that if you really think about, I mean, you're dealing with time management. You know, critical thinking, uh, effective communication resolving problems. I mean, you look at the, the transferable skills that you're dealing with in a serving position, it, it's it's just a, a great thing to have on a resume. And the sad thing is a lot of candidates totally underestimate that. They don't put it on the resume. I can't tell you how many times we've heard that when candidates have interviewed with us. They start talking about restaurant experience, but it's not on the resume. So it, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. They've got to put it on there
1: i mean I'm, I'm definitely guilty of, of maybe not realizing some of what, what I would think would have been you know not relevant skills um, that I could have definitely put on my own resume so that's actually <laughs> helpful in retrospect Oh absolutely a um, no question yeah yeah I mean, I, I've worked in kind of st- I've done retail and I know that that's certainly I can't imagine that wouldn't also be valuable to an employer of any kind right so Uh,
2: absolutely or or uh, you know um a person starting a a lawn you know uh cutting service or uh, a landscaping service in in the summertime i mean you have to go door to door and sell your service right i mean Mm -hmm. uh, plus you might have you know five jobs or six jobs to do in a day and get them all done and and scheduling that and you you may have a crew of three or four you know people helping you out so i mean those are all just fantastic skills
1: yeah do you do you find that you have to um, kind of point that out to the employers or do they already see the value of those skills
2: yeah the, the good news is that uh, you know many of the, of the hiring managers that we deal with you know dealt with the same problem when they came out of school you know mm-hmm. 10 fifteen, 20 years ago, and so many of them were were you know ser- servers at a restaurant or started their own lawn service company or whatever and so they they love you know, that kind of experience. And they, they look for it and they, they actually downplay or de-emphasize the internship compared to more practical experience that, that you might get in a, in a serving job.
1: Wow. Well, that's surprising. I mean, I, that's actually incredibly, uh, uplifting actually to tell, to tell grads that that, you know, you're dealing, I think a lot of people think that, you know, once you've moved over into the employer level that you're kind of out of touch with, uh, with what the experiences of the new grads are. But it's nice to remember that everyone has kind of been through this and been through the, the struggle of trying to find, find a job with having some kind of limited work experience behind you. So I think that's that's nice thing to, to remember as students. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, so we're going to head to another quick break. Uh, but this is okay. Big Beacon Radio with special guest Bob LaBombard. Um, and in the next segment, we'll explore what colleges and students can do to better prepare grads for the working world. We'll be right back.
0: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom? Are you looking for a keynote speaker to inspire your organization with stories of transformative change? Would you like to boost your own academic, business, or technical career? Let David E. Goldberg of Three Joy Associates help. David is a leading speaker, author, trainer, and leadership coach with experience in helping bring successful change to educational organizations and education and technical careers around the globe. To learn more, call Dave Goldberg at 217-621-2645, contact him at deg at 3joy.com, or browse the 3Joy website, www.3joy.com today. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Big Beacon Radio. If you'd like to call into the program today, please call one 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to deg at bigbeacon.org Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back to Big Beacon Radio with special guest Bob LaBombard. Get the coaching and deep faculty development you need to transform higher education at 3joy.com. Last segment we were kind of speaking about student perspective and uh, what employers are, are looking for and what you can kind of put on a resume. Um, so, But I'm, I'm curious about what you can do past that resume with interviews and networking and, and how to actually nail down that job. Um, so I'm curious, what role does networking play in today's job market for new grads?
2: well yeah that's that's uh, really a very important area, and you know given everything that I've talked about today with less on campus college recruiting uh, occurring you know that that means that networking is absolutely essential and um, you know so there's two aspects of of networking very simply one is personal uh you know networking directly with a with a contact and the other is you know digital and social media related so let me let me talk about the personal first. And I think if there's an area where uh, college students uh, are not uh, prepared, it's in using their personal network. And you know, we have a we have a, we have this uh, really interesting graph graph that's or graphic that's really full, which I which I could show you. But but uh, college students have an unbelievable uh, network uh, in, uh, available to them if they really think about. Uh, you know, going back to high school and all the activities they've been involved in and, and the adults that interacted with them as in coaching or teaching them or, or whatever the case may be in, in volunteer work and sports and, again, music and, and so forth. Um, I mean, it's just incredible number of adults that that uh, you've, you've come in contact with, many of whom, you know, we're doing that on a volunteer basis that are in professional careers someplace. Uh, you know, many, obviously, everyone has friends, and so people should think about who their friends are and who their parents are and where they, where they work. And then as you get, you know, into you know into college, you have relationships with professors. Many professors are very connected in, and, and, uh, and, you know, side businesses doing consulting and so forth, so we'll have a lot of contacts. So when you really think about it, most college students have an unbelievable uh, network. Uh, and then, of course, then you get into the alumni, as we talked about before, especially people that, you know, when you came in as a freshman, you know, those people that were in sophomore, junior, senior year that have now graduated by the time you become a senior, senior, they're out there in jobs, reach out to them and find out where they're working and how they like the company and are they hiring and all that kind of thing. So there's there's just an unbelievable personal network, waiting every college student, and I'm just uh, dumbfounded at how little college students are doing with that personal network. So Yeah, I think
1: that um, with the personal networking, I, I know that in my own experience in talking to my peers that I think a lot of us don't maybe know how to approach even the personal contacts that we have about networking because I, I don't think, uh, I think maybe networking is made to seem like this kind of... Uh, weird version of contact where you're you're just contacting someone just to get something from them. And I think a lot of millennials that I've talked to kind of feel that it's um like using someone in a way. And that's what I've heard again and again from from my friends. So I, I wonder how to kind of move past that idea of networking and how to make it like a normal type of a relationship and not just, oh I'm I'm just talking to you right now just so I can get something from you.
2: Well you say, you know, I, I don't know <laughs> If this, if this, what I'm about to say is popular these days, but I, I think it's in the category of doing to others as you would have others do unto you. And I, I think that, mm-hmm. if, um, you know, uh, having, having been through a, you know, a career, um, you know, I've asked a lot of people for help along the way. And I would say mm-hmm. over 90% of the time, uh, you know, they, they've, they've invited me in, were very forthcoming, and, and helped me. And I, I think back to when I started my my first company. I I contacted a uh, number of people in that industry, and they were even though I, you know, I said I wouldn't compete with them. You know, I but they they were they, they they were more than willing to take me in and teach them about the industry. And so if I think back on on that, I think you know I, I understand the fear, but it, it's definitely exaggerated. I, I think that uh, most people, especially people that are further along in the career, are more than willing to help. Uh, you know a young grad uh, or a college student to get information that they need you know it may, you know so it, it, it may take a month to set up the the interview or whatever but uh, but i but I think the way you do this though is is that it 's an informational interview you 're just trying to get information on possible career paths for somebody with a specific major
1: mm-hmm.
2: or or uh, other other you know connecting piece, of maybe the sport they played or 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 whatever. But it's a discussion uh where you where you're exchanging information. And through that exchange though, you know, you're you are selling yourself to a certain degree. You're presenting yourself your ideas, you're communicating, showing your you know, your intelligence and so forth. And and many times these informational interviews will will lead to an opportunity with the, the company that um you know, the person you're talking to works for. Uh but even if it doesn't, you know, they're gonna provide additional uh you know, resources for you to consider as you as you look at your career. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, by and large, most people are, are more than willing to to help. And and you know, this can be done through an email or 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 a phone call, or leaving a voice mail message, and just leaving a very sincere writing a sincere email, or leaving a sincere message about just asking for help with regard to your job search. I think I think most people will will be very helpful there.
1: Yeah, well, that's comforting because I, yeah, I think we. New grads kind of have this barrier about the working world and how it's like we, we feel like we're just not, there's no way to get in or, or that it's a whole different, it's more complicated maybe than it's, than we're making it more complicated than it should be is basically what I think a lot of us are doing. Um, so how can new grads use social media effectively as a job search resource? <sighs>
2: So with social media, yeah, it's uh, you know, that's uh, it's really expanded the horizon. So it just makes it so much more um, you know, easy these days. And I think the tool that's particularly effective uh, uh, in the job search front is, is LinkedIn. And you know, it's really interesting here uh, that ninety-four percent of college students have created a LinkedIn profile. Uh, you know, that's uh, more than double and almost triple what it was just two, three years ago. So so the good news is that college students really uh, are getting the, the message on LinkedIn. Now, whether they're using it or not, I, 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 I don't think we have as much information there, but LinkedIn provides an, a, a really efficient way to get at other you know, professionals to, to, link, to network and link in with other professionals. And this can be done through your, your college uh, network that, that maybe has a group on LinkedIn or it can be done through um, your point-to-point, um, uh, you know, contacts with the people that you know, uh, or by you know asking people that you do know to connect you with other people that might be helpful in, in your job search. So LinkedIn is a is a very valuable tool from a job search standpoint.
1: Um, what are some of the other kind of job search tips for students aside from using LinkedIn?
2: Okay. Uh, I, I think that um, uh, there's a, a lot of different, uh, you know, things here. Um, from a social media standpoint, you know, a lot of companies are are, are um, very interested in hiring at, uh, millennials, and uh, and I think many of them are, are putting forth a brand to the millennial to attract that candidate to, uh, you know, uh, a specific company, and so I, I think that uh you know using uh some of the social media you know facebook uh is, is a common one uh but instagram and others i mean companies are using those those media now to, to advertise basically you know the opportunities within their firms and so you know staying attuned to those things i think is is um, you know really helpful um, So, the, the, you know so those are just a couple more things that i that that i yeah. would highlight
1: Sounds good. So, um, once students have kind of found a job to apply for, how can students better prepare for an actual interview?
2: Yes, this is uh, really important. And, um, you know, as we um, go through our process and, and, and actually identify specific positions for candidates, and we would describe a position to a candidate, you know, tell them why we think they're, you know, they're a good fit for it. Uh, and before we present a candidate to the to our uh, hiring company, we would have them go out and do research on the industry the company is in, do research on the company itself, and then do research on on the specific uh, uh, position in the career uh, represented by that by that position. And they they would have twenty four hours or so to get back to us and tell us why this industry, company, and position were a fit for them. And it, through that process, and we we see how good the research was that they did and how compelling they are in saying why this position is or it's not a fit for them. If it, if it's not a fit, that's fine. We'll yeah, you know, we learn from that and then we'll know better what to present that candidate the next time. But if it is a fit, then then they've they've already done a lot of the work necessary to be ready for that interview. And so my point is is that really doing a lot of research before you go into it, in, into an interview is very important. Again, knowing what's going on in the industry, what's going on at that company you know what the brand is what their specialization is what their mission is all those types of things and then knowing you know where that position fits it within the company so doing that research is really important and then you know having specific examples um of the skills you know demonstrating the skills you have that fit that position whether it be critical thinking you know effective communication or whatever so having those examples and many of them prepared and ready to go based on your real life experiences And then, and then having um, you know uh, a good list of questions to probe more uh, to learn more about the position and what's going on at the company. And so, having good questions to ask, I think, are are some three of the most important things that people or uh, college students need to do to to be ready for that interview.
1: Very nice. Uh, I have a question about one that one of the classic interview questions about uh, you know what is your your greatest flaw. That kind of, or your greatest weakness? What it, What is the proper answer to that? You think? <laughs> Just for I'm curious, from your perspective, because I think a lot of us have been asked that in various job interviews. What What are people really looking for when they ask that question?
2: Well, I think I, I would go back to a um, a real life example where it was a learning experience, and um, you know, from my standpoint, um, the, the example I would use is that I'm a very competitive. <laughs> Person and sometimes you know I get too competitive and uh, and I have uh, a tendency to take things too seriously. So I've learned that in my in my career and so um, so it's a learning experience. I've had examples where uh, you know I've been in a situation I I was too focused on the end result and um, and so and and um, I didn't interact as well as I should have with with specific people involved with the project. And so I learned that and. Have uh, you know changed how I address those situations in in the past? And you know it's important to be competitive, but, you know, be goal oriented, but at the same time, you know, in most work uh, situations, it is a team experience, and yeah, I realize that now, and and so I'm much better at that. And so, so those are the things that so you, you take a negative, what well, was a negative, and show how you've turned it around into into a positive.
1: Right. Got gotcha. you. What are what's a kind of a question that. What you would recommend for a job seeker to ask of their employer? That's maybe not specific to that um, workplace, but kind of what would be a, a good question that you would suggest someone ask their employer in that interview okay. process?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know a lot of this you know is is based on how the the interview is going, and so you have to be you know, you may go in there with a list of questions, um, but um, you may you know think of something entirely new. So be, so my my. Uh, uh, my thought process here is you need to be spontaneous and react to the, how the interview is going, but I, I think um, I think you definitely want to know more about uh, the position and if you know, if the position seems like a fit you'll learn more about what it 's like on a day to day basis, especially during the first year and what the expectations are for success in that in that position and I think it's, um, I think it's uh, uh, important uh, to find out where this position can lead within the organization. And, um, you yeah, know, I'd be leery about a, a, any any position that really had one career path, and what I'm really interested in is starting out an entry-level position but having the ability perhaps to go in different directions within the firm depending upon, you know, how I've done the position where and where my talents are. So having some flexibility in a career path I, I think might be something to, to look at. And uh, so, those are just some of the things that I, that I would uh, focus on if I were in an interview situation.
1: Yeah, sounds great. So, we have just about a minute left. So, uh, where can our listeners go to find out more about your work and, and grad staff?
2: Okay. So, uh, we, uh, a couple of different things, uh, but most importantly, our website, uh, you know, gradstaff.com, and that's G R A D S. Taff.com. Uh, the website is, has a lot of information both for hiring companies as well as, uh, you know, the job seeker about how our program works and, and our blog has a lot of information on a lot of things we've, we've talked about today. So that, that's all, uh, you know, you know, very good. We also have a LinkedIn profile, uh, Facebook page and, um, and those are two additional ways to inter, interact with us as well. Um, And so, um, you know, LinkedIn, I think, is a really good way to, to, you know, learn more about us as well. So there you go.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Bob. So you've been listening to Big Beacon Radio, Transforming Higher Education. Special thanks to our guest, Bob LaBombard. Help transform higher education. Join the movement to unleash a new generation of innovators by learning more at bigbeacon.org. Join us next week at the same time, same channel, to continue our quest to transform higher education.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Please join Dave Goldberg soon for another edition. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For additional information about our programs or to find out about the next show, please visit bigbeacon.org. We'll talk again very soon.